Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, four games in a row can, can show we're, we're doing a few things right uh, consistently, and it's not like we're, we're beating on bad teams. We're playing really good teams. So, uh, I mean, um, I mean, we just got to continue to keep it going, continue to take it one game at a time and not, not look too far ahead or anything like that and just continue to take it one game at a time. And like you said, just stay consistent with it. Welcome in Hawks fans, your boy Bryce Lewis back at it again for another Believe in Hawks episode. Hawks now winners of four in a row over the Golden State Warriors to get the four games in a row. Winning a exciting, nail-biting overtime victory over them, taking control in overtime. But throughout that entire game, it was a showdown between Steph Curry and Trey Young, both guys showing why their greats in this game and why, you know, we love basketball. It was, a, it was a great game for basketball fans, I would say, as well. So we'll go ahead and get into that right now. Hawks won 141-134. Like I said, overtime was when the Hawks took advantage. DeJounte Murray closing out the game against Golden State. Trey Young had did a lot of the work. Jalen Johnson had a great game. The centers had also a great game as well. They both came out and played really, really well. I believe they had 39 points between the two and also 31 rebounds between Clint Capella and Ayaka Akangwu, both dominating against the Warriors, which they should, in which, which Warriors have traditionally not been a good rebounding team. That's just been in their DNA since they've existed, and the Hawks took advantage of that. Ayaka Akangwu also just had a monster game, 22.16 rebounds, that's the Yeka Kongu that we want to see on a, on a consistent basis. And listen, it may be difficult for him to be able to do that because of Clint Capella starting. And that's why I'll make a case later why realistically if the Hawks win the next two, especially, and they want to make a move, Clint is the one who really needs to be moved out of all three guys who are up for trade. But um, in terms of the main three, but um, he had a big game tonight, man, just doing what he had to do out there on the floor. Also, you know, Jalen Johnson, 21-13-8, and eight, a man who that's a stat line you're going to have to get used to with this man. This man could potentially become a triple-double guy if, you know, they allow him to handle the ball a little bit more, handle the ball uh, pretty, pretty well. And just continue to grow, continue to improve his game as he's still figuring it out and, and figuring out how he can be the best version of himself. You know, he's made tremendous strides in the three ball. You know, we know he has good vision. You know, he's he's improved as a scorer. Still some things he needs to work on when attacking the rim because I've always said you're a big, powerful person. Go ahead, use that against defenders. They can't stop you. You're like a freight train running down the lane. And he showed some of that in tonight's game. DeJounte Murray struggled for the majority of the game. I know a lot of people were, were, were crapping on DeJounte, talking about, you know, he's struggling, talking about, you know, he's cooked, is he invested, things like that. But in the well, overtime, when he needed to come alive, because Trey had bumped his knee, he came alive and he closed out the Warriors. And that's why we can talk about the defense and all the other stuff that DeJounte don't do. But one of the reasons why the Hawks traded for DeJounte Murray was for these situations. If Trey don't got it going or Trey hurt or something happening with Trey, DeJounte Murray can say, I got it. 
And during this four-game winning streak, you have seen in moments, especially the last two, four quarters, DeJounte Murray taking control of the game, three straight middies, getting to the rim, finishing at the rim, because they both score differently. They both – Trey is more of a floater, shooter guy. DeJounte is more of a mid-range, attack-the-rim guy. It's it's two different types of play. And that actually can work and play off of each other if they can do it correctly. So that's really been good seeing that from DeJounte and really being a big part of why they were able to, like I said, win the game in overtime against Golden State. Listen, I have a, I have a quiz question for you guys. Who had the highest plus minus on the Hawks yesterday? I'll get y'all a few. All right. Garrison Matthews, man. <laughs> Garrison Matthews had the highest plus minus on the team yesterday. Only played 16 minutes, but his plus minus was 14. Listen, he he had that stretch in the first half where he hit a three, but he also hit three free throws, I believe. Six points. Listen, listen, if you can get eight points from Garrison Matthews, that's fine. Like I said, we're not asking for Garrison Matthews to drop 20. If you can give me six to eight points, that is fine from the bench. Literally, I am. I, I swear that's fine. And, and, and you know, obviously, I know people are pissed when he starts, but it's like at the end of the day, Quinn's not going to go with anybody else. It's going to be the other Matthews. If anybody, I know we want to just throw AJ out. He's not going to do it, guys. I'm sorry, he's just not. <laughs> and we can talk about that another day. But you know, he had the highest plus minus. He gave him eight points. He gave him what they needed in a game like this, and and, that, and that's something that has been underrated to me in these few games is that in games before when they had an injury, like Bay's out now, guys like you know, Garrison and Patty sometimes, even though Patty didn't score anything, but, you know, whatever. Uh, the guys like that, they wouldn't give him anything sometimes. They would give him maybe like three points. And so you're in these games against Golden State, and it's like, dude, you're getting nothing from anyone else outside of that top of the rotation. And now, if Garrison can give you eight, Patty can give you like five, you know, Wesley Matthews gave you two threes last. Like, like it, it feels like they're little contributions, but they mean so much to the grand scheme of things. They mean so much to the grand scheme of the game. Remember, these games come down to like six, seven, five, four, three points sometimes. So if I can get those four points, we win by four because I got four points from the end of my bench. That makes a difference. You know what I'm saying? So it, that that helped. Capella had 17 and 15 yesterday. Had a really strong first half. Was really really did a lot of his damage. Um, obviously, Okongu closed this game because Golden State plays smaller. It's also helped that these teams that they've played split play small ball because that gives Ayeka Okongu his chance to finish games, play more minutes, and be a big part of you know what they do. Because you know Okongu played 16, Capella only had played 25. What did I say? Okongu played 36 minutes. Capella played 25. So, you know, Hunter still come back from minutes restriction. Only six points yesterday. You know, still working his way back um, from injury. Um, just trying to get – they're just not going to rush him too much with his injury and just kind of let him work through uh, his stuff and everything like that. But, and like I said, Trey had 35, six assists, seven from three, seven threes hit, and everything like that. And if you look at just the stat lines between two teams, Hawk shot 48% from the field, 33% from three. Which is also impressive on the defensive end. Here's an impressive, an impressive defensive stat. Now, Golden State did hit 18 threes, but 
you know, Curry hit 10 of those. So they only hit eight threes between the rest of the roster. They only shot 32% from three on 56 attempts. So they made 18. Uh, Hawks only had eight turnovers. They've actually, I think this is the second consecutive game they've had with single digit turnovers, which has been really big, not giving the other team extra possessions and three points score, which Golden State can take advantage of. Rebounding actually was dead even. Hawks had two more offensive rebounds, but this was actually a very dead even game rebounding wise, even though it felt like, especially in that second half, Capella and Congo were enforcing their will in the front line against against the Warriors. And so on and so forth. And listen, Curry had 60. Curry, you know, watching that game, you gotta you gotta give love to Curry. Curry is, is one of the greats in this game. He is a Hall of Famer, multi multi-time champion. I mean he scored 60. I mean, the Hawks really didn't have an answer, but it's hard to stop him. I mean, everybody knows Curry's one of the hardest players to stop in the game. And, you know, the ha- the fact that Hawks were able to win a game like that with Curry going off, to me, tells me a lot about this team, you know, uh, being able to withstand him doing that and still able to come out with a victory at the end of the day against, against Golden State, you know, and – you know, they only played twice a year, and the season series is 1-1. as Golden State won in Golden State, Atlanta won in Atlanta. But, you know, just really strong performance from the guys. And, you know, people are asking the question, does this potentially change plans at the deadline? And for me, it's one of those things where everybody's like, we've done this before. They'll get hot before the deadline, and then they'll stick with them. Here's the thing, people. If you think about last year, Hawks were falling apart as they got closer to the deadline, or actually to the All-Star game. The year before that, they were just kind of like, whatever. The Hawks usually make runs in winning streaks like this, closer to the playoffs, after the All-Star break. Um, so people are acting like they do this around the trade deadline every year. And I'm like, that they that they don't every year, guys. Um, if they win, especially if they win the next two games, you know, you are a half a game out of ninth, three games out of eighth, still have a chance to get into the top eight, right? I feel like if they want to still try to just be competitive this year and try to continue to see what they see with what they've seen, I think you make a trade still. I'm still on the make a trade, you know, stance. But I think you, you trade Clint Capella. Because I think you need you need to know if Kongu is worth it, and that if what we've seen the last couple of games is something he can do on a more consistent basis as the starter. For me, I, I would want to see that, um, and then see what you can get back for Kel. If you really just want to dump a salary so bad and get a pick, I mean, okay, <laughs> not the biggest fan of it, but you know, Compella probably by himself won't get you a lot. I'm assuming so, a pick. If you can, that'd be cool, I guess. Um, And then see what your team looks like for the rest of the season. 
with 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 DeJounte still there. Because even though DeJounte, I think you have to trade DeJounte at some point because I think just long-term for chemistry reasons, he's not a great fit because he clearly wants to have, I think DeJounte wants, I don't want to say he wants to have his own team, but I think it's hard. The, the issue with Trey and DeJounte playing together is DeJounte feels like if I had the ball in my hands more, I could be more effective and more uh, consistent at times. And with Trey, you don't want to take the ball out of his hands as much. Like, obviously, you want to use him off ball if you can, but you don't want to take the ball out of his hands because that maximizes his talent. You know, it's the same thing with LeBron. Like, LeBron, they they always say put shooters around him because that maximizes LeBron and that maximizes the players around him. The Lakers, remember his first year in L.A., they tried to get a bunch of ball handlers and defenders, and it was very janky. And even for LeBron, it was janky for him because he's he. It's not maximizing him completely, and it's not maximizing the players around him completely. Trey Maxbot can help, you know, elevate guys and help put them in position, get them easy baskets, while also getting his his points. Dejounte is a guy who is affected by that because there are times where yes, they may ask him to spot up, and there are times where yes, they may ask him where he's like, you're not going to have the ball in your hands for a lot of offensive uh, possessions in terms of you being a main uh, scorer on whatever set or play they run. And so when you think about that in the grand scheme of things, Trey, you know, could still be Trey because he's the primary ball handler because he's the point guard. DeJounte, I think, wants to be that again. That's why long-term, I think you need to move him. Uh, for chemistry is, but I, but at the end of the day, DeJounte has showed you, I mean, yes, are there times where you question if he's locked in, the body language doesn't look the best, things like that? Sure, yeah, for sure, 100%. But he still plays. He still goes, if they, if they said, hey, DeJounte, we need you to take over, they're like, okay, he's like, okay. He's not going to sit here and be like, nah, you got Trey Young, why you need me? He's not going to be like that. He's going to be like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it, coach. So, He's still gonna go out there and and and, and play and, and try to and try to do his best to win, you know. Um, obviously, you know, it can be risky, you know, because like I said, you don't know how the chemistry is affected. You don't know how Dejounte, like I said, goes into business for himself and how that affects things. But I would see it out for the rest of the year with him if if I'm not saying they need to. I'm just saying if you know that's a route the front office wants to take. You know, because I think you need to make some type of move in general. But if you don't get the deal you want for DeJounte, don't feel like you have to move him. That's my biggest thing. If you don't get the move you want, don't feel like you have to move off of him overall. You know, and just see what happens in the offseason, if that's the case. And hopefully if the team can stay healthy for the rest of the year, that also can help. Remember, we're only almost two months, two and a half months away from playoffs, playing action, things like that. So, you know, you've got to this point. Um, you're not technically out of it, so to say. If the Hawks continue to play this way, going to the end of the season, they could move up some seeds. So, you know, that would be – it's it's an, it's an interesting prospect to look at. Um. But, I mean, like I said, DeJounte, I think, just wants to be the primary ball handler on a team. He doesn't have to be the best player, but he wants to be the primary ball handler. 
And that because he feels like that's going to help him be the best version of himself, even though he's having a career high this year, which is interesting to me. He's having a career high in points, but yet he's unhappy with his role. Maybe that's just a player who doesn't realize, hey, maybe this isn't so bad. I don't know, though. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's some a point I feel with, with that. Um, I just need to see Capella moved. And then I also think you can't trade Hunter because unless you're getting a wing back form, it's like, well, you've seen what happens when you don't have Hunter or Jalen. The team is horrible. So sounds like to me, you probably, even though people don't want to, they're not a fan of him, you probably need to hang on to Hunter. And then, like I said, maybe you revisit in the offseason, you package Hunter and DeJounte. You know, at the end of the day, wings are at a value. So don't just talk, don't toss them for nothing. Like, you know, you could maybe add them on to something or add a something on to him to make him more valuable. So just just a my thoughts on that. But you know, overall, like I said, Hawks come into this game. Really, I, I said this was a very impressive win because regardless of the record of Golden State, Golden State has been the most clutch games this season. The Hawks are second in clutch games in this season. Both teams have losing records, but Golden State is always in clutch games because they're a tough team to just take out. And the fact that the and they have so much experience in those situations, and the fact the Hawks, the fact that the Hawks were able to come into this game and just be able to make the plays necessary that was needed for them to win, I think shows you know the consistency. The Hawks have not had that letdown quarter, as I say, where they you know, that third quarter or a quarter where they just completely fall apart and that's when the other team takes advantage and now they're fighting their way back. And if they could continue playing with this type of consistency and not having those quarters, when Bay gets back, this team will be at full strength and now you'll be like, okay, let's see what this team can do at full strength. That may be one of the one things that might make the front office keep it together because technically we can say what we project as a team, but they may view, I mean, technically when we've been at full strength, we weren't that bad. You know, we've been bad because we weren't at full strength. So, you know, but I also think I also understand people want to win and they want to compete for championships and feel like this roster won't be able to do that. They may be able to be a playoff team, but they may not be able to be a championship team. And we need to figure out how we can become a championship team so we can keep keep Trey Young because that's the basis of everybody's argument. So we'll have to see, man, what happens um, moving forward um, as they have the Clippers coming up in Boston. They beat those two teams. The Hawks may have officially turned a corner potentially, which would be big. Uh, but we'll have to see. I don't I don't want to sip the Kool-Aid yet. You know, still multiple games under 500. But you no know, trade deadline. This this week is going to be a very interesting week in Hawks basketball. And guys, I will be on top of it on Twitter. Follow me, Bryce underscore 2K for all the latest of any news breaks on the Hawks and their trade uh stuff. Subscribe to the channel. For any updates or videos I make on any trades that are made, and also leave a review on my podcast on any podcast uh, podcast uh, platform that's available. So, you know, I'm this is a shorter episode today, guys. I know I usually go like 25 to 30 minutes. We're gonna shorten it today. We're gonna go less than 20. So, we're gonna wrap it up here, guys. I appreciate you guys turning to Believe in Hawks podcast. Hawks win over the Golden State Warriors in Atlanta. The duel in Atlanta. It's your boy Bryce Lewis. I'll see you next time. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.